spoil the movie by adding your own commentary. Hello and welcome to Side Flicks, a podcast where we see what's in movies so you don't have to. My name is Christian Skillian. I'm Julia Pershing. And we are talking about the most talked about movie of the year, perhaps. We are going to be covering Don't Worry Darling. As a warning for all of you, this podcast is, as always, spoilers only, not spoiler free. I cannot believe the hubbub surrounding this movie as it is one of the most mid things I have ever seen. Mediocre at best. I was trying so hard not to check my phone. Oh, God. Yeah, it was calling to me from inside my purse. I didn't even want to know what the people on the internet were saying. I literally just wanted to know, like, I wanted to know how much time had passed. Yeah. And in a movie that's well-paced, if you see enough movies, if you kind of know the the anatomy of a thriller like this, you can kind of pick when you can go to the bathroom and it won't matter. I had to pee for the whole last hour of the movie because I had no idea when anything was going to happen. Girl, same. And I also <laughs> didn't want to go to the bathroom because it was so cold in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, the bathroom in our local theater is like... for It's... It is frigid. It is quantum locked into Antarctica for like <laughs> no reason. Yeah, that too. It's a walk-in freezer. Um, before we get into the plot of this movie, I think it's only right that we do as streamlined of a discussion <laughs> as to why it has been so heavily publicized as possible. So the drama, the drama. If you are not already aware which if you exist on the internet and listen to movie podcasts I have to assume that you are but if you are not already aware uh Don't Worry Darling is the sophomore project of director Olivia Wilde also an actress her first movie was called Booksmart I'm sure many of you saw it it was very well received it was smart it was sort of people were calling it the feminine answer to super bad I don't agree with that comment but that's not for this podcast (laughs) here nor there but the point is it was very well received and people were really getting excited for what she was going to follow up with Mm -hmm. um For anybody who doesn't know, it is incredibly difficult for female directors to get projects funded. So the fact that this one was going to be coming out from after the success of Booksmart was a big deal. And the project, obviously, Don't Worry Darling, is adapted from an earlier script of the same title, I'm fairly certain. And when the first trailer dropped, people were so excited. The movie stars Florence Pugh and One Direction uh, graduate. Yeah, graduate uh, Harry Styles. Um, A very stacked cast outside of that. We've got uh, Nick Kroll and Chris Pine and Gemma Chan. And the conversation was that this was going to be like the new sort of it thriller movie. Florence Pugh has become very accustomed to sort of being that the face of these movies Mm -hmm. uh, because she is incredibly talented. And uh, about halfway through production, Olivia Wilde's marriage to Jason Sudeikis uh, falls apart. Very publicly. Very publicly. It comes very clear that that may or may not have something to do with the relationship she started with Harry Styles while on the set of this movie, which alienated lead actress Florence Pugh. Um, this was causing a lot of just sort of regular celebrity drama, you know, nothing sort of out of the realm of like just a set romance that stuff blows up the tabloids all the time. But, uh, things started getting bigger when it was very clear that Florence Pugh was not going to be doing any press for this movie. She was not posting anything on her Instagram. If you follow Florence Pugh on Instagram, you'll know that she is very vocal about all of her projects. She's really good about promoting stuff. She's very proud of the work she does. Like, radio radio silence. silence. Nothing. Um, We learn that the original uh, actor cast to play Harry, Shia LaBeouf, of Shia LaBeouf fame, um, the reason for his removal from the film had been uh, fabricated. Uh, Olivia Wilde says she fired, at the beginning of the process, she said she fired Shia LaBeouf for making people uncomfortable. Shia LaBeouf fires back with not only... Um, a detailed description of why he ended up removing the project. He had had a lot to do with rehearsal time. He didn't feel like he had enough, you know, place in this project. Couldn't meet up with Florence. They were having a hard time connecting. Uh, he comes with screenshots of text conversations with him and Olivia that 
tend to prove his point. And a video of Olivia Wilde dunking on Florence Pugh for not participating, I guess. Wildly inappropriate. I can't believe she would send that as, like, I can't believe she would send a video that he could save and share. Um, Embarrassing, I think. Truly the least professional version of behavior. If I was a director and wanted Florence Pugh in my film, I would be... I have no idea why she would do that. It's honestly embarrassing. And as things began to unfold and unfold and unfold, it is clear that every single part of the production of this movie was handled in like the least professional way possible. It premieres at the Venice Film Festival and none of the cast (laughs) make eye contact with each other for the entire festival. Florence Pugh does no press and Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are not allowed to stand next to each other. The movie premieres and after all of the hubbub, everyone hated it because it, it's mid yeah it's like not even mid I like well I don't think it's like horrifically offensively like I hated every second of being in the theater but I was so bored and I mm-hmm. can't believe that everybody was so much more entertained by like the asinine drama surrounding this movie um than the actual film itself yeah uh, I I've I'm obviously an objective party here like I only know as much as the public knows Um, but for all accounts, I think it's inappropriate to have a relationship, a romantic relationship with somebody who is technically a subordinate on your film as you are the director and the lead actor. It is inappropriate to have that interfere with the working relations of everybody else on set. It is inappropriate to pub, to not publicly, but to trash talk your actors to other actors on the film and, Everything about the sort of public nature of this movie was handled so poorly. I don't know who was running PR on this. Maybe it felt like all press kind of situation. But to be honest, I think that this, whatever the reception to this movie could have been, maybe on the more favorable side, was immediately countered by just how poorly the production was run oh completely overshadowed by like a full day of the internet trying to figure out if harry styles spat on chris pine which is like (laughs) the most absurd thing i have ever seen take over twitter um it really did overshadow a thing that people were really excited about yeah Um, and you should be able to judge a movie on its merits as opposed to its um off-screen scandals, but unfortunately, that's where we're at. Yeah. I know I said I was going to try to streamline that explanation. Seven minutes later, that's what you have. (laughs) Julia, why don't you tell us a little bit about Don't Worry Darling before we the actual plot of the movie before we move into our main discussion. Oh, sure. Well, um, as we mentioned, it was directed by Olivia Wilde, but it was also, the screenplay was adapted by Katie Silberman, who wrote, set it up, and worked uh, with Olivia on Booksmart. So this is their second project together. And in Don't Worry Darling, uh, we have Alice, played by Florence Pugh, and Jack, played by Harry Styles, who are a young married couple in the 1950s living in an idyllic company town created for the mysterious Victory Project. The men go to work and the women stay home, all of them looked after by Frank, played by Chris Pine, creator of the Victory Project. Alice begins to suspect that something about her life isn't right, and the utopia begins to unravel as she pursues the truth. As it turns out, her body has been taken captive and her mind stuck in this virtual simulation by Jack, who in the real world is a complete loser who has been radicalized by the real world version of Frank. Yes. And there you have it. I think that there are pieces... There are elements that could have been built on better. There are things that, you know, are suggesting a sort of more intelligent social commentary. I would be fascinated to read the original script. I would love Mm -hmm. to have seen an unedited version of this movie. Um, Before we just start absolutely dunking dunking on it, (laughs) I want to talk about the very few things that work. Namely, Florence Pugh gives an all-star performance in this movie it is such a sham to watch somebody like (laughs) harry styles next to her when she is giving everything and he's like she's basically acting to a cardboard cutout which makes her performance so much more incredible and like enrapturing to watch because Mm -hmm. she's being given nothing by most of her scene partners with the exception of Chris Pine, who is giving just as much as Florence. He the the scenes they have together are electrifying. They are clearly they are the only two people in the same movie. Oh, the, they are all giving a hundred and ten, and everybody else is giving like 
70 to 85 percent well i can't even say that to be true because it's mm-hmm. very clear that Gemma chan had a lot of her scenes Absolutely. cut she clearly had a much bigger part in the whatever this movie was that is completely unexplained by the end um and uh the actress who plays margaret kiki lane also admitted on instagram that all of her scenes were cut from this movie and she's basically used as like a prop mm-hmm. of just like it's basically using a, a, her to just show a black woman in torment, which I find pretty abhorrent, which is severely unfortunate, knowing that there was a lot more to her character that could have been uncovered in this movie. I can't criticize people for work I wasn't able to see, but from my eyes, the performances that we really can glean something from were Florence and Chris Pine. I completely agree. You and I talk a lot in our, just like our, you know, normal everyday life about how there's not really like movie stars anymore. And I think this movie exemplifies that there are two. At <laughs> <Yeah>. least. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I think Florence Pugh is, is a, a star, movie star. She is yeah. magnetic. She's somebody who like I, as an actor, like will like observe things in her performance and be like, Oh, I got to write that down. That was really good. You know? Oh yeah. She is fascinating to watch. There is a scene early on in this movie where she goes through a whole carton of eggs that are completely just like empty shells. And that should not be a super interesting thing to watch, but it is captivating. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so subtle. Um, and she just feels very vibrant and alive. And um, even the scene, the things that she's doing that kind of seem a little absurd to us at the beginning, like there's a part where she wraps her own head in plastic wrap. Oh, so good. Is so good and so terrifying. And she's doing all of this largely by herself. It isn't even that, you know, she is working with people who are not perhaps on the same level or in the same movie that she is in, but she's doing so much of this by herself. Yeah. And that is, I think, part of what makes her so compelling to watch. Mm-hmm. It's it's just unbelievable. She, yeah. She's the only person who's really given room to sort of breathe and, like, sort of experience the terror of the situation, mm-hmm. which I think is frustrating because, again, we didn't get to see any of Kiki Lane's performance. Yeah. Um, and I would have really loved to see what she was bringing to the table, not just in a... Not just in her acting performance, but also in the way that her character would have enriched the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Chris Pine, you know, is so it's so interesting how he really is like sort of the he's like sort of shows up in movies to like be the hotshot. You know, he's in Wonder Woman. He's Captain Kirk. It's fun watching him play a villain, you know, which isn't oh. out of the realm of his career by any means. But he is so handsome and so charming. It's so sort of like sickening and like. No, he walks on screen and you're like, Daddy, sorry. Oh, oh God. Daddy. Yeah. And and you you can understand why everyone else is so enraptured by him, by everybody mm-hmm. who's bought into this, you know, virtual society. And the way that he interacts with somebody who doesn't buy in is so interesting. It's such a dime turn performance. I I really was compelled by by what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um unfortunately I was compelled by very little else. Do you have anything else you want to talk about what works before um, we talk about like technical elements later in the film? Not in particular. In the I in the, in the film. In the film of the film podcast. of the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I did just want to say one thing about Chris Pine's performance that I um, think really helped us understand Frank, um, but also was just kind of neat is that we don't really see him in the first like half hour of the film, but we do like, he's kind of in the background, but we hear him over the radio, um, talking to the housewives basically, and kind of going through his theory of like life or whatever. I'll admit I was not paying attention to the the actual words, Mm -hmm. but his voice is so like silky and mesmerizing and that being our first introduction to him and then have the reveal of it being like Chris Pine this incredible like slimy villain and and also really just good. ethereal beauty you know I think oh, that his handsome like I know it's sort of boring to be like oh Chris Pine is so hot but like the fact that he is this magnificent and is mm-hmm. playing the role he is it like adds into the sort of like you know Yes. Uh, uh, uncanniness of, of, of his, his stature. He's very elegant. Yeah, suave. 
Swa- what a good word. Yeah. Swa- Swave. Swave. Also, like, not, I know I'm a broken record on this, but he's always been my favorite Chris. I mean, part of that is the fact that you and I are diehard Massive. Star Trek fans. Um, <laughs> but, wow, I just keep winning with that decision. Uh, let's let's move into what we really didn't like. I think we should start with a screenplay, which is... Oh, my is, God. It is so clear that it this needed to be run by somebody else like it needed somebody to ask why what does this do there's mm-hmm. a scene in the movie the actually it's sort of instigating event as to why Florence starts figuring out that this reality is not what it seems is that she sees a plane go down in the desert and she goes to headquarters of the victory project or whatever um and we find out that that ultimately removes her from the simulation and she has to be put back in but there is absolutely no explanation for this plane, why she sees it, why she's drawn to it, why she thinks it's her business, why she needs to go do this. It's, there was nobody reading this who asked the question, okay, why, what does that instigate later? Oh, I, I, it is so funny. All of the things that just get completely dropped in this movie. Um, they come up with an explanation as to why, um, Harry Styles just gets to do his own accent because he clearly like wasn't doing an American accent. Thank God. He could barely do his own accent. Oh, I know. What a relief. But, like, they drop in that tiny little thing, but then it doesn't play out with any of the other characters that we meet um, as to, like, you know, you get to choose your nationality in this simulation, but, like, why doesn't anybody else do that? It's just a convenient excuse for Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. Specifically, there's no um, exploration or understanding of the wider implications of that. Um, The... It is all so poorly paced. It is also poorly thought out. Clearly, this film is marketed as a thriller, and that's what it's trying to be. But n- I don't think anybody involved in this knows what goes into setting something like that up. No, I totally agree. And in fact, it's really interesting to me that we both walked away being like, oh, but I think if they did this, it would have made it much scarier. Oh, I think mm-hmm. if they had done this or added this scene in this part, it would have made it much scarier, much more thrilling. I think, again, in terms of sort of just how rough that screenplay was the pacing is abysmal and you just brought that up oh god i cannot believe how long it takes for the shoe to drop and not only that there is so little setup other than watching you know alice go through this sort of like psychosis of like you know suspicion Mm-hmm. We get so little. And I sort of, going into this movie before knowing the twist, I assumed it was sort of like a the village type deal where like they were living in an isolated community and the real world was, you know, existed yeah. outside of it. The Truman it's, Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I was totally. And then I was just sort of like actually disappointed by what the actual twist was because there was so little to indicate to me that that was what was coming mm-hmm. because it was so poorly set up. And... You know, your audience shouldn't know the exact specifications of the twist, but it should they should probably be aware that it's coming. (laughs) And the fact that I again was sitting there being like, God, when the hell is this going to change was so frustrating. I completely agree. And the the thing about like setting up a a thriller is you want to have an established sense of normalcy at the Mm -hmm. beginning, like. Which we but kind of get it, but there's like a, there's an immediate suspicion, there's immediate like weird stuff, and it's so blunt and straightforward and like hitting you in the face, and then it goes away. Oh, and then we just watch the little TikTok of dancers that look like an eye for twenty full minutes cumulatively, yeah. and it's just like, what is that adding? Yeah, to this moment. So sort of like in in the sort of. Um uh subconscious that Alice is experiencing the sort of like undercurrent of her actual thoughts and memories mm-hmm. that she can you know, kind of can latch on to in while she's under the simulation we keep seeing this repetitive sequence of a bunch of sort of like vaudevillian dancers mm-hmm. and it definitely is supposed to sort of represent like the spectacle of the mid-century and everything that's so grandiose here but it has very little tie-in to what she's actually experiencing under the you know sedation of the simulation or the simula- simulation technology that I have really no clue what it's getting at. And it is interspersed in like 
every scene and screeches certain parts of this movie to a halt because you're just sort of like, wait, wait, why am I watching them dance again? It really felt to me like an attempt at kind of David Lynch's specific form of weirdness mm-hmm. and like dropping. Oh, in this movie stuff. was trying so oh, hard to be weird. It was so. I mean, and it and would it be better if it. Yeah, it, well, it would also be better if it wasn't trying so hard. If it was mm-hmm. being, if it was honest about the movie, it was. It would be like, yeah, I'm actually having. Yeah, okay, great, thank you. Yeah, I think that there's um, a level of absurdity to this movie that's not actually addressed. It wants to be so serious, mm-hmm. but I think you're talking about all of these people just being in a simulation. That's inherently absurd. Mm -hmm. I think you could have just kind of leaned into that a little bit more. And I think that would have helped with kind of the horror aspect of it. Um, But it takes itself too seriously. And what is really unfortunate is that is in lieu of places, things that could actually be a real glitch in the simulation. Like what I think that she should have been experiencing is not memories, but rather like living her life in the simulation and then seeing things not just like the eggs or like the plastic wrap, but literally seeing reality distort in front of her. Mm -hmm. Because that would be so much more compelling because we would be getting her reaction to it, not just to zoom out on her face after the eye animation happens for the 8,000th time. Yeah. I think that may be what the plane is supposed to be because it kind of like wavers in the sky. But again, why is it there? And I am so frustrated. The thing that that I think has bothered me the most after leaving the theater and thinking about it, because of course, you know, we're sitting here thinking about it, um, is the fact that I keep trying to come up with explanations for why these things are happening. And I'm given nothing. I am doing this movie's work for it. Yes. Yeah. And it wanted you to be so impressed with its um, abstractness. It wanted you to be like really compelled by the fact that, you know, the answer that it has a sort of ambiguous ending, but you actually have to set up a story where that would like satisfy me. And the fact that everything is so non-specific mm-hmm. just leaves me thinking that was a waste of time. You didn't, not only was the ending non-specific, you proved to me that there was nothing to be said with that by having such a non-specific movie. Yeah. It's so derivative of so many other films that are trying to say the same thing. I saw an interesting comparison that like there were literally movies being made in horror movies being made in this the era that sort of the victory project is supposed to be set in this sort of 50s 60s conglomerate there's mm-hmm. some uh, it's on a technical it's element it does occupy both decades which is mm-hmm. interesting sort of where you're like was that meant to be or were you guys just not whatever was it not were you not thinking that hard um but like rosemary's baby mm-hmm. is like an incredibly like rich dissection of like the horrors of domesticity of you know gas being gaslit by men being you know in a situation where everybody is trying to tell you that you know this is all you know apple pie only to have your worst fears confirmed Mm -hmm. and that movie was made in the 60s yeah (laughs) like (laughs) we already have like really prescient commentary about this type of stuff and to have this flop so incredibly when and and rest on the laurels of such interesting previous work is embarrassing. Oh, that is exactly what I I think the problem is is that don't worry darling is expecting all of its referential bits mm-hmm. to do the heavy lifting that the screenplay and like the world building simply cannot do. Yes, I totally agree. Which is Weak, yeah, um, and a very poor way to construct your film. Let's let's talk about the social politics of oh, this movie. Good Christ! So we have like, um, a cast that I ultimately walks away being diverse for the sake of box checking. Because if you are setting a, you know, setting this sort of fictional society in mid-century America, and you at no point address any of the race relations that would have been happening in there, which could have been actually a really interesting cue as to what would be, you know, making Alice realize that this reality isn't all it's made out to be because she has memories of like, you know, being a person who lives in a society. In 2022. Yeah. That would make her be like, but things weren't like this in the 50s or the 60s or whatever. It just 
falls so it just becomes so incredibly shallow to not even begin to start discussing that especially when you have Kiki Lane completely cut out of this movie when she as a black woman is sort of the symbol of the hysteria that these women are facing when these women are literally captive by the men who have put this into simulation if you never address any of the race relations in this movie you are telling a story about you're basically just affirming that like this is you know these kinds of fears are only for white women or that they are universally applicable which is not true no not at all I think it's not it's not just that I think perhaps an excuse is made once we get to the end of the film and we realize that it is technically taking place in present day and so like of course, uh, Gemma Chan would be allowed to be in the Victory Project. But because, and we don't have a lot of specifics as to what exactly Frank in the real world is preaching that radicalizes Jack. Mm -hmm. But because their version of Utopia is a company town in the 50s, Mm -hmm. and because so much of like male-dominated spaces on the internet that are incredibly toxic are really just like edging closer and closer to white supremacy every fucking day. I mean, incel culture is like white supremacist by and large. And that's what this movie is like kind of trying to comment on and does a bad job at. But not exactly because what if that, if that is the, the culture that Jack is a part of on the internet, why are there black people in your utopia? Like it, it doesn't make sense and if, if you are commenting on even conversations that are happening right now yeah and and since there are you need to be talking about it not that I think that Olivia Wilde is at all equipped to be having that conversation I think that the sort of you know like I I don't I don't particularly want to hear her thoughts on this I no. think that this movie would have been much better suited with a a, a, a a dominantly diverse creative team because mm-hmm. not having these conversations at all weakens whatever point you're ha- you're trying to make. You cannot decide that sexism exists in this, you know, you like your, you know, your utopian society, but racism doesn't. You don't get like that's you it is literally like anti um uh intersectionality. Intersection, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it is just really awkward to watch and I kind of like I I don't know it really demonstrates to me that there is no point to be made in this film except that sometimes men are bad no I mean I think that it is I it, it the problem is is this film thinks it's digging deep but all it really does is scratch the surface men who are radicalized on the internet want to return to sort of a want to return to the gender roles of mid-century America mid-century America bad opulence question mark opulence pretty but also ultimately a uh, tool of distraction Mm -hmm. but again if you are wanting to open up the conversation of what being radicalized on the internet means right now in 2022 the conversations about the social dynamics in mid-century America and also the conversations around opulence and who gets to sort of live an extravagant lifestyle is so much grander than anything this movie can handle and meanwhile it while it could be having those conversations we're watching loops of a sort of blood animation actually you know what really made me sort of like roll my eyes at the animation of the blood that's sort of supposed to look like a um like the brain uh-huh. Is that it looks like the house credits. It totally does. That's- it looks like the credits for House MD show that Olivia Wilde got famous for. And maybe she was playing a, paying a little homage there. Maybe, but maybe. it mostly felt right. I, well, I think that might be a good word to use to describe uh, this movie and what it accomplishes um, politically. It, there is There is something good in here. I just know it. I don't inherently think that the concept is is poor. I think that it could have been executed so well. Um, But ultimately the things that Olivia Wilde is interested in is not what I'm interested in as a viewer. Well, it sort of mostly seems like Olivia Wilde is interested in herself. And also, especially because she's in this movie very much. And honestly, this is like, sorry, not giving the performance that, you know, Florence Pugh is. And it's obvious. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard when somebody else is just like, 
60 watts and you're like 10. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. And it's interesting, like her character is revealed to have known about the simulation all the all along, which means you sort of infer that, you know, her and her husband, Nick Kroll, are in on this together because mm-hmm. she is somebody who lost her children and is there in the Victory Project to continue being a mother. Um, and yeah. she obviously doesn't want anybody finding out about it because then that ruins her version of the simulation. But her character doesn't actually instigate the things that they could with that particular sort of set of dynamics. Don't worry, darling's biggest problem is it's almost there, but not quite. Yeah, it's just like truly everything is just like everybody just stopped running about five feet before the finish. Yeah, it's like low-cal ice cream. Yeah, just, it's, it's like trying to eat Cool Whip as dessert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know. I kind of like Cool Whip. What's but it's it? not the same as ice cream. No. It's a it's a Halo Top movie. It's a Halo Top movie for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about some of the other... Um, you know, performances. Harry Styles cannot hold a candle to Florence Pugh. And while I don't really, like, Shia LaBeouf's behavior, both publicly and, you know, in terms of his relationships with women and the things that he's been accused of, probably shouldn't be given this role. No. Um, Unfortunately, knowing what Shia LaBeouf can deliver as a performer and watching Harry Styles flop so incredibly, it really made me want to see the version of the movie that he was in. I said this to you today, and I've been thinking about it, the ideal candidate to follow up Shia LaBeouf for this role, it should have been Evan Peters. Oh, 500%. I am such a huge Evan Peters fan. I think he's so tremendously talented. And the thing about Jack as a character where I do kind of wonder, like, if Harry Styles is capable of more than this because a lot of what Harry... No, a lot of what Jack... Mm-hmm. Uh, is being asked to do is to be like a presence. No, he like and gave full par- he cardboard have, line reads. Like he, I, I, I know you're trying to be sympathetic no, 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 towards but this, the situation. This is what I'm saying is like where Harry Styles is not suited for a role like this because, like, yes, he does have to talk, and that's like mm, two thumbs down. Mm-hmm. But he also just kind of has to be this omnipresent force. Um, both when he's like on screen and off screen. And I do think that you need a performer like Evan Peters, who is so present and so magnetic mm-hmm. on screen that you're thinking about him even when he is not there. And Harry Styles simply does not have that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I especially think about Evan the- Evan Peters in like the first two seasons of American Horror Story. And all he's got like a fairly, you know robust career he's playing Jeffrey Dahmer right now on Netflix not that we need another freaking Jeffrey Dahmer movie but I'm sure he's giving a good performance in that Mm -hmm. but what's his character's name in the second season I have no idea but in the first season Tate yeah in the first season he plays a character named Tate who is like a radicalized school shooting figure Mm -hmm. a la the hair a la how Jack you sort of see a little bit Jack at the end of the Mm -hmm. movie and then in the second season he's playing like a charming husband of the 1960s. It's like, literally, we actually have somebody who has exa- who has exhibited, like, both parts of this performance so well. And it does, I'm not even saying it has to be Evan Peters. I just think picking Harry Styles, whose only acting credit is iCarly, <laughs> and about <laughs> 10 lines in Dunkirk, none of which needed to be delivered any which way, and giving him this role is such a weird, weird and f- exemplary like failure at stunt casting. Well, it's, it's the stunt casting though, because we were talking about at the beginning of this um, episode, how difficult it is for female directors to get funding for their, you know, additional projects, even after they've done something that's been massively But this movie successful. was funded with Shia LaBeouf attached, not Harry Styles. But you do have to make up that money. Yeah. Somewhere uh, in the box office. And it's doing very well. It was, you know, uh, the, at the top of the box office this weekend. Not that you would know from the theater we were in. Because oh, empty. Because there was nobody there. <laughs> except for that one girl sitting behind us who was just laughing. Yeah. I get it. Um, Anytime <laughs> Harry Styles did any kind of bad acting, the girl behind us just like blew up laughing. And I was like, me too, sis. Girl, same. Um, I do think that like you kind of want... Florence Pugh, I think, is enough to bring people in on her own. 
Um, and she has Chris demonstrated Pine that is enough to bring people in on his own. Well, but you you wouldn't know. I literally had no idea Chris Pine was no, in I this movie until two months the, ago. I think they should have built the marketing around those two. Absolutely. Well, that is another huge frustration of mine is that they don't get to spend enough screen time together mm-hmm. um, at all. But also Gemma Chan just being like totally eliminated from this movie. She clearly had a much bigger role, especially because she stabs Jack at the end after it's revealed that if men die in the simulation, they die in real life. How the fuck does that work? And Again, why isn't it the women? I'm why? so confused. I'm so confused. So dumb. How the hell does that work? Um, it's clear that she had a much bigger role that was completely, you know. Mm-hmm. And like Gemma Chen is a Marvel hero. She's very, you know, in at the moment. Yeah, she's fantastic in Crazy Rich Asian. She's beautiful. She's very talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved. I want to know what her character's thing was yeah because it's so much more interesting but uh, but unfortunately they had the dude from one direction in this movie and that is what we ended up with some guy who looks like a fucking beanie baby i mean (sighs) yeah he looks like a frog and not in the cute way that tom holland looks like a frog he does tom holland looks a little young for this movie maybe Mm -hmm. but he is the same age as florence Pugh, and probably would have also done a very good job i agree Shall we talk about the twist a little bit? Mm, Yeah. Okay. One I will say that's the most compelling I find Harry Styles in this movie. Was when he's being just like a regular person because he's maybe not all that good at being charming. It sounds like like Iggy Pop on his deathbed. Kind of. Kind of. Um, It sounds like I'm really, it sounds like I have a lot of vitriol for Harry Styles, but I think I just missed the boat on being obsessed with him because I wasn't the right age to be a directioner or whatever. I mean, if you weren't, I definitely wasn't. <laughs> they were, One Direction didn't happen until I was in, like, mid-high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was fully almost in college. I was, like, fully... I At that point in my life, I was like, I listen to punk now because I'm really cool. So I was not listening to One Direction. Well, it's also, like, I'm really sad and these boys are really, really happy, happy and that makes me upset. upset. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't want to just make it seem like I have, you know, just a lot of... It's actually not, it's not Harry Styles' fault that he was put in a position where he wasn't actually able to do the work he was being asked to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a fault of casting. Big bummer for that guy. Yeah. Um, But the twist is, one, not revealed until the last 20 minutes of the movie, which is... What the fuck were we doing until then? uh, So boring. We get to see so little of their real life. But we find out that Florence's character in real life is a surgeon. She's a general surgeon. She's putting in like crazy amount of shifts because her boyfriend, husband, Jack, can't get a job. And it is about the sort of um, way that like men's rights activists talk about like low value men in society. Well, men maybe should try being slightly <laughs> higher value. Um, and it is about sort of like feeling like you can't provide and instead of trying to find a way to provide you try to return back to a world in which your significant other can't be the breadwinner yes because they are emasculating you Mm -hmm. it is not because you can't succeed it's because someone is doing something to you yeah um pathetic first of all my thing about the twist though is Mm -hmm. not about its premise even though I find it again to be super shallow because there's so much more that goes into radicalization like that is Mm -hmm. there is so little freaking explanation for how the victory project actually works for how you apply for how you get approved for how you you have to sedate the person you're trying to put under I guess because how does that even work where do you get the technology how does it work oh there's so literal literal little revealed when we actually understand the twist that it actually sort of shatters any interest in the movie because you're not getting answers to any questions you may have racked up throughout the first again hour and 40 minutes because this is a two-hour movie yes um there i am so stuck on that like two second reveal because you know it they're talking about like where where you want to be from in this simulation and you understand that you have to like create create or provide the technology yourself so that either means he has to buy it or he has to make it and I can't remember which one so I don't want to like slander this movie that we've been slandering for I don't know how long um but like okay you have to create the technology how Mm -hmm. how how is he actually a technical engineer? 
I that's his well, job. This is what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's yeah. his job in the simulation. But well, I don't. But know. one would think that if he's a, if he's a technical engineer, he probably wouldn't have that hard of a time finding work in the real world. Probably not. Um, but he's got a huge like computer setup. I assume he does something techy. That isn't just like video games. I assume it's video games. Perhaps. It, it, it is But just... again, even not knowing what he does in the real world, if you can't build an explanation that would actually still support the fact that he gets radicalized, because, because people do just get radicalized, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, more and more people fall victim to conspiracy. Like, conspiracy theory is like literally an addiction. Yeah. There is real life examples where you can pull people who had like normal functioning jobs and like families and whatever who get sucked into bullshit like this if you don't give me that if you don't put us in any kind of reality your real life and your simulation have the same amount of meaning to me yes yeah right yeah so the twist ends up being totally bogus totally bogus and in fact i would have preferred it be a village situation where it's literally (laughs) just a cult of people living like it's the 50s in modern day like Palm Springs. It would be so much more interesting. And then, you know, again, you get the reveal and you go back and you're like, so many of these things just don't fucking make sense. Florence Pugh's character, Alice, comes back um, after having returned briefly to her mortal body. Um, or, you know, and then she goes through like electric shock therapy. In the simulation. Which I don't understand at all. But she like starts over again and everybody just kind of pretends that like oh she was away but now she's back and Margaret earlier Mm -hmm. in the film like slits her own throat but if you don't die in the simulation like if women don't die in the simulation and then die in real life why didn't they just bring her back yeah yes why didn't they just bring her back that would have been so much scarier and weirder so much scarier and weirder I totally agree I also think it would have been scarier and weirder as long as we're on the topic of things where it's like things that could have made this movie an actual thriller is Mm -hmm. the fact that her and Jack have an established relationship is interesting from the standpoint of like men feeling low value in their relationships. But if you don't investigate that on the other side, you sort of lose my interest. What I think would have been, if you don't want to dissect their relationship, what I think would have been an interesting supplement is just having him be an incel who kidnapped her. Oh my God. That would be so much more compelling and so much scarier. So so much scarier, so much more compelling because I, I, one of the bits of, you know, Florence Pugh's performance that I find just heartbreaking mm-hmm. is her realizing that he had done this to her and she loves him so, so much. much. Yeah. And she has to kill him because he took everything, everything from, from her. her. Yeah. And I think it would be so much more horrible to think you were in love with someone. Yeah. And to be manipulated into thinking that. And realizing that it is all a lie. And I think, again, like, if that had been, if it had been well executed on the other side where they were in this relationship, that scene would have really landed in a way where I would have been like, that's so much more affecting. She really did love him. But because my experience is just that their love exists in the simulation, what you really get from that scene is a very, very compelling and evocative performance from Florence Pugh that makes you go, oh, and then you walk away being like, Wait, she she really made me feel something right there in a scene that was pretty empty. So, mm-hmm. well, and also we have no reason to believe that her relationship with Jack is genuine, even in the real world. Like, how did those people meet? How did they fall in love? Why do they love each other? I don't understand any of that based on the reveal that we're given. Yeah. So, I've been thinking a lot about Fresh right now, which is not good but is sort of a comparable I think for this particular movie with like Mm -hmm. you know the captive female type of thriller and the whole first 30 minutes of thresh of thresh of fresh is them fall is like her falling for this guy Mm -hmm. right that's what makes it so much more terrifying is that anybody could 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 end up in his it's your false sense of security yeah and I wish we had seen more of that other than just a sort of rocky relationship between two people we know nothing about Really do we just we just know nothing about them. nothing about them. All right, let's move on. Technical elements. One thing that we can say for sure is that the production design is out the wazoo. This movie. If looks there is incredible. a reason to watch this movie, it is the costumes. It is set deck. Their house is incredible. 
It's so gorgeous. I find the cinematography to be pretty interesting. I would say that there's probably more compelling things to do with it. The directing is so blah, which is Mm -hmm. hilarious because Olivia Wilde is out there being like, the cause of all bad movies is bad directing. Okay, you didn't have to tell on yourself like that. Yeah, you're just going to end up... Also, don't say that if that's your chosen path because eventually you'll end up eating your words because not everything is always going to be perfect. Also, you work with directors like other directors. Yeah. So... I don't know. Olivia Wilde clearly just doesn't give a shit about alienating people she works with. I guess not. You know, (laughs) as somebody who works in the entertainment industry and also public relations, just shut up. (laughs) Saying nothing is free. Don't say no comment. Just don't say anything. Um, Yeah, but the, the production design is incredible. The sort of street trolley they all ride because the women don't Mm -hmm. drive is like, so weird it looks like an amusement park it really it does. literally looks like it sh- would show up in disneyland which is interesting again especially because this whole place is supposed to be very palm spring so it's supposed to be very socal which is mm-hmm. very disney as well the costuming is incredible some of the dresses that they put florence in are just like to die for to sort of demonstrate the sort of opulence that you can have in this world that don't exist in the real world also, this is really interesting. Florence Pugh is English. Um, yes. I wouldn't say she comes by a tan naturally, mm-hmm. but she's so sun-kissed in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it makes her look like, you know, like this is the place where she glows. And of course, yeah. you know, when she's like, it doesn't matter if I was anything here. I The life I had was mine. Mm-hmm. I think that is a really interesting shift yeah that's a really interesting dichotomy um the hair styling is also incredible everything with her hair looks so good it it looks incredible what this is a visual treat yes i watch it with the sound off oh literally i actually the soundtrack is i don't really like it um i thought it's it's very it's i sort of wish that it had I get that because this is a sort of sham society, it makes sense that all of the needle drops are really recognizable songs, but mm-hmm. I think it would have been much more compelling had they been digging into like the deep cuts of the era because then it would make it seem more realistic as a place. Yeah, I also thought that there were just too many needle drops and then when it when you're not playing like actual pop music from the era, you had this weird like heavy breathing oh the scoring was thing. like oh, no it was just mm, i don't like it yeah um but yeah you you can watch it with the sound off there's um you know a lot of really great sequences of these really beautiful vintage cars mm-hmm. driving around because the men all drive the cars to get out of the simulation every day and that's part of why the women don't drive so that they can't leave there's a there's a car chase at the end of this movie in these mm-hmm. vintage cars that I swear to God are not going above 50 miles an hour. No. But they are so gorgeous to mm-hmm. look at. You mentioned the trolley. Um, it's really cool to look at it because the wheels are so obviously like a modern bus wheel. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't fit in with the style of that at all. Like There's just certain things that are off kilter. Like Flores Pugh just walks around wearing um, a men's button down. Yeah. And I think that's such a great choice because you're like, that's just not quite right but it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's also like a sort of symbol of that in in this, situ- in this simulation, we it does have to draw in modern elements like sexual liberation for mm-hmm. it to actually appeal to the men who'd want to live there. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's an interesting... Yeah, so production design is incredible. The set deck in that house is so good. It's all very, you know, classically Californian, mid-century modern, but with mm-hmm. some really, really excellent taste Uh, there's a really interesting use of mirrors in the movie both Mm -hmm. in their bathroom which is their bathtub is surrounded by mirrors but also in the club where they have the big celebration where this they have uh it's announced that jack is getting a promotion for what i yeah they don't work anywhere at this company Sorry. Exactly. Again, tell me what the rings are for. What are the rings for? Answer questions. God. (laughs) I'm. I'm, Don't underestimate my intelligence. I'm paying attention to the details that you provide to me. Yeah, I'm not stupid. Yeah, but also in that scene, there's a um a burlesque dancer Mm -hmm. who is wearing the most. Dita Von Teese. Yeah. Ooh, really? Yeah, it was really exciting to see her. I was like, I didn't didn't even pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. And she's wearing this really elaborate like. Uh, crystal gown and it's gorgeous Mm -hmm. so again visual treat this movie is really fun to look at and really boring to watch um yeah I will say one of the um elements 
that I, I really did like that we haven't talked about is, um, I liked the, the ballet classes. Um, Oh, it felt like a black swan ripoff. I mean, it does, but I, I did like Especially a lot of the, the stuff with the mirror, you know, I was like, yeah, I've, I've seen this movie, but it's the repetition of like control and women all moving as one because they are automatons in mm-hmm. this place. Um, I, I liked watching that. There is a scene in um, the mall. I don't know where there's a mall in this town, but they've got the displays of like all of the gadgets and then the people in the displays using the products mm-hmm. like you would have seen. in the. And I just thought that was such a fun little detail. Mm-hmm. I loved watching that. Yeah. Again, Set deck, the production detail is not what we had problems with. Do you have any final mm-hmm. thoughts about this movie? Um, you know, there's just one, th- like one thing that's not explained among the bajillion things that are unexplained is that Frank's wife's name is Shelly. And that feels to me like a very pointed, um, reference to Shelly Miscavige, who is married to the head of Scientology and hasn't been seen in public since 2007. And I just like, oh my God, I want to know what the deal was with her role. Mm-hmm. Like it bothers me. It bothers me so much. And I know that's just like a tiny little detail, but when you make a thriller like this, I want to know and you owe it to me. Inherently, when you make a movie like this, people are always going to be trying to, are going to be paying attention in a way that they wouldn't to like a rom-com because they know mm-hmm. that something is coming and they're going to be looking for every possible clue. And if you can't explain all your red herrings or you cut out full sequences of the movie that relate to that, you are uh, underestimating an audience who demands that their curiosity be sated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie was a total misfire. I can't believe how bored I was watching it. I think that in the right hands, there is a good movie underneath this. I think there's a good screenplay somewhere in the ideas that this this is pitching. I think that, you know, Florence Pugh's talent is unquestionable Chris Mm -hmm. Pine's energy was enthralling and I think that if they had been in a movie that actually matched the performance that they were giving I would have had a much better time but unfortunately we are sitting here Julia what do you give this movie as a letter grade I'm gonna give it a C minus I was gonna give it a C plus um but after you talked about it you're like after thinking about it you know but the the fact that it gets to see it all is based on Florence Pugh and and Chris Pine the rest of it is just it's the empty eggs that's what this movie is yep empty eggs There's nothing in them totally I give this movie a d plus Florence Pugh you get an a plus Chris Pine you're king of my heart I love you um (laughs) I am disappointed that this movie any you know I'm disappointed that this movie was overshadowed by such a P- PR fiasco. I'm disappointed that the movie paled in comparison to said PR fiasco. I am looking forward to a robust Oscar season, Oscar bait season, as we enter into the fall. We're going to see some good stuff. We're going to see some bad <laughs> stuff that's going to get nominated anyway. I could see this movie getting nominated for costuming, at least. Um, you know what so, I have to say to that? Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Um, but we'll have more fun, good movies to talk about in the future. Sorry we missed on Bullet Train, guys. I was really suffering from COVID. It was fun. We liked it, though. It was fun. We liked it. We'll be back soon. Um, if you guys liked this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at SideFlixPod. There's a link tree in that bio. You can find our other podcasts, The Teen Wolf, Free Wolf, and One Season Wonders. You can find all of our socials. Uh, and you can talk to us about what you thought about Don't Worry Darling. We are so desperate to know what you guys think if you've seen it. Um, and other than that, I have been Christian. And I've been Julia. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.